many times I've seen the hand of God upon him. I've seen God do many, many things in my home church in Dallas. And uh, I've heard him preach faith many times. But if God doesn't want him to preach faith tonight, well, that's all right. If God does want him to, that's all right. Amen. We just want to hear whatever God wants to say tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Davis, we want you just to take your liberty tonight. And you just obey the Holy Ghost. Let's say it again tonight. Brother Davis, preach to me. Would you say that? Brother Davis, preach to me. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Reagan. Everyone say praise the Lord. It's good to be here in Kansas with you folks. And Really, if I wasn't in Texas, I guess I'd go to Kansas. <laughs> I, uh, I'm thankful to be here. Turn around and shake hands with someone. Welcome to the house of the Lord tonight. We're glad to see you. Amen. Glory to God. You can be seated tonight. I might sing in a minute. Just kind of hold off a few minutes. You know what a privilege it is to know what truth is. God was so merciful to us. I, uh, when I married my wife, uh, I was running from God. And she was an old Baptist. She told me, she said, I'm going to heaven. I said, honey, you're going to hell. Where are you going? Just like I'm going. I said, because you've got to have the Holy Ghost. I do know that much. I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that much. She said, I won't look like them. I won't act like them. And I will not be one of them. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I said, that's up to you. I wasn't interested anyway. I really wasn't. I was born and raised in, a, in an unusual church that they, they preached Acts 2.38, but it's like I want to tell you tonight that it's more than Acts 2.38. Amen. It's holy, clean, ungodly. Amen. Get the ungodliness out of your life and a godly living toward him. And all it took was just a couple of times to an old-time apostolic church and she looked at me and she said, you going to do something about this? And I said, no, not really. She said, well, I am. <laughs> Went to the altar and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I tell you what, God has been so rich to us. Amen. Took me out of an old, cold place. Amen. Set my feet on a highway of holiness to love him. Praise God. You know, I'm, I'm glad what our brother said about being intimidated. Do we, we feel like because we live right and others say, well, there's no need of all of that. Well, there is need for it. I promise you there is. No holiness, no power. No holiness, no walking with God. Amen. It's not that you have to, but you want to when you get God, when you really get the Lord. And everyone say praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord together. God, we love you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day you've given us. God, help us, O oh Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There was an evangelist when I was about six years of age. He used to come to our old church and apostolic church. And he used to sing what I want to sing tonight. It's a very old song. Some of you might have heard it. Some of you may never heard it. I don't know. But what you going to do with Acts 2.30 and 8? Amen. 
Y'all know it? Y'all don't know it? Well, I didn't think you would, but <laughs> I see this old boy was a great big old preacher. Had polio. And uh, my, he was a tremendous preacher. Come from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I think he pastored a church there. I'll never forget him. I can see him just well as he's standing here tonight. Been dead many, many years. Now, I want you to think of the words what the old timers used to sing. Amen. Oh, what you gonna do with the Acts 2.30 and 8? For it's the way that leads to heaven. It's narrow and it's straight. Repent and be baptized. For God is speaking to you. And you'll find the full direction there in the Acts 2.30 and 8. One morning, very early, on the day of Pentecost, while the church of God ascended, came the blessed Holy Ghost. When the hungry crowd that heard cried out, Men, what shall we do? You'll find St. Peter's answers in the words I bring to you. Oh, what you gonna do with the Acts 2.30 and 8? It's the way that leads to heaven. It's narrow and it's straight. Repent, be baptized, for God is calling you. He'll give you the full direction there in the Acts 2.30 and 8. Paul prayed at Damascus, and the scales fell from his eyes. Went down into the water in the name he once despised. He received the Holy Ghost and was called of God that day to bear the name to all the world of Jesus Christ and say, Oh, what she gonna do with the Acts 2.30 and 8? Road that leads to heaven, it's narrow and it's straight. Repent, be baptized, for God is calling you. And you find the full direction there in the Acts 2.30 and 8. The Ethiopian Union sent in red one day as no man to guide him and Philip passed that way he said here is water why should I not be back let's go over again amen the Ethiopian eunuch said in red Isaiah one day he had no man to guide him until Philip passed that way he said here's water why should I not be baptized for I believe with all my heart and straightway he did arrive Repent. Hallelujah, what you gonna do? The Acts 2.30 and 8. It's the way that leads to heaven. It's narrow and it's straight. Repent. Be baptized. For God is calling you. You'll find the full direction there in the Acts 2.30 and 8. Why not obey the gospel? Learn to do God's work God's way. Repent and be immersed in the name of God today. We'll be measured by the word as we never were before. Accept the word of God and enter into the door. Oh, what you gonna do? Sing with me with the Acts 30 and 8. It's the way that leads to heaven. It's narrow and it's straight. Repent, be baptized, for God is calling you. And you'll find the full direction there in the Acts 30 and 8. Shall we lift our hands and love our Lord together? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
We're living in a perilous time when the word of God is is compromised and it is not brought into the fullness as it needs to be. I want to say this that I don't back off of anything that I said last night on blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. I have seen in my lifetime in Dallas alone, I mean scores upon scores of people who got mad at what they heard preached from the pulpit, walked away, and the Spirit of God does not dwell with them any longer, or a strong delusion to believe the ungodliness of this world and to be lost. But let me say the other part. I've got several people in my church that walked away and they said that they just couldn't seem like measure up to it but they love me and they love the church and the ways of the church and they're in the church tonight praising and worshiping God and they'll tell anybody when I was out the reason why I was out it was not because of the church is because I could not live it it seemed like you have hope but if you ever get at odds with the man of God, even I want to tell you what, there's no remedy for your soul, period. Amen. I remember a man that I looked up to and was highly respected. He had a son the same age as I was, and Dad had worked with him many times, and he sat on the board of the church, and the old apostolic church, and, and uh, he, was, he was a man that everyone loved. But he got bitter about something, and uh, he didn't come back. My dad told me years later when dad had retired, about 68 years of age, dad talking to him in the barber shop one day, and he said, he said, why don't you come on back to church? He said, you know, he said, I really need to. He said, I need to come back. He said, one of these days I will, maybe, maybe I'll come back. But he never did. He never came back, went out in this world to meet God without the Lord. I want to tell you something. The worst thing you can ever do is get in odds with a preacher, the man of God. I'm talking about a real man. I'm not talking about these fake preachers. I'm talking about the one that I told you what the qualifications of a preacher was, what a real preacher was. That's what I preached about last night. But I want to be saved. Amen. I know that you do also. And I want to open the word. I come to... Olathe with an open heart. I really did. I've got drawers and drawers of messages, and a lot of times I feel like that's pretty good. I'll put good on top of them, you know. <laughs> Man, that was pretty good, I thought. And, and uh, I come here with an open heart that God would talk to me. And, and today the Lord so beautifully began to deal with me. I'm going to preach about something I've never preached about. And uh, I, I, I like to to walk out in the Holy Ghost tonight and let the Holy Ghost speak to this assembly. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like to return to the book of Revelation, the third chapter. And I want to read verse number, starting with number seven. Let's read the whole the Philadelphia church. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things. Saith he that is holy... He that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man can shut it, and shutteth and no man can open. 
I know thy works, and behold, I have set before thee an open door. And that's what I want to preach about tonight is an open door. And no man can shut it. There's nobody can shut God's door. I've had a lot of people say, I believe I can shut it, but God showed them otherwise. Glory. This thing was going smooth before I ever come in this thing. And it'll be going just as smooth when I get when I leave this old world. Amen. But I want you to listen to what he said here. No man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make of them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews that are not. Everyone say, Praise the Lord. But, but lie, behold, I will make them to become the worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept, thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them as to dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. That he said, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. Let no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make him a pillar in the temple of God. And I shall go no more out, and I will make, and I will write unto him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem. I want to stop there. But I want to talk about the Philadelphia church for a few minutes, which we know that that is the, the real church. When we speak of an apostolic church, we speak of the Philadelphia church. The church that is, the, is what we pattern our worship, our love, everything about. And then he said to the Philadelphia church, I've opened the door for you. Amen. Shall we bow our heads together? Master, we thank you for this night you've given us. Ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Lord, anoint thy servant. He needs thee, O God, tonight. Help us, O Lord. Move tonight. Fill tonight with the Holy Ghost. Be with us, Lord, we pray. We'll humbly praise. We'll give thee all the glory. And everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Stay with me for a while. I want to, I want to go into some things here. I want you to know that what the definition of a door is, everybody knows what a door is. It's, it's an entrance to a house or a building or an entrance to anything. Anything. Whatever you can... I found out a long time, whatever you can believe God for, that's what you can receive from him. You know, let me just say this, and my wife don't like for me to say this, but uh, they sing about the Lord, you know, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. I've told everybody I hate that song. I don't have a little bit of faith. I got a whole lot of faith. Glory. Pentecostal people are not supposed to have a little bit. Glory, it seems like we can't move unless someone else is moving. It seems like we can't receive unless someone else is receiving something from God. I don't have a little bit. I got a whole lot. God gave me a whole lot. And the more I can trust him for, the more that I can receive from him. He put an open door to this church, to this church. And this is what he began to speak to me about today. And I want you to follow with me for a while. I want you to look at the natures of the church. You know... The seven churches that he spoke about, 
And he began to speak of it like this, that in Revelation, the second chapter, he begins to talk about their good things and their bad things. Second chapter, verse number one, unto the angel of the church or the pastor of the church of Ephesus write, these things said, he that holdeth the seven stars in, the, in his right hand, who worketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. Now let me just put it this way. We feel like so many times that we come to church and we hope that our brother or our sister has prayed because we found, seem like we haven't had time to pray. So we expect someone else to do our work for us. We expect someone else to have faith in God, to reach out to the impossible. We expect God just to reach down and look over everything and, and say, I love you. And man, how beautiful it is to hear the words of him that says, I love you. And I'm going to grant unto you these things. And here we find the church. This church, he said, I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And he said, Thou that hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. I want you to look at a few things here. And hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake. Hast thou labored and hast not fainted? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left the first love. I don't know. Let me just talk here for a few minutes. What about the when you first? This is going to be different tonight than what it was last night and the night before. I wonder how was it when you first got the Holy Ghost? You walked real softly, very softly. Uh, you wanted to make sure that you put your best foot forward and made sure that you spent time to talk to Him and make sure that. Oh, God, if I've done anything wrong, please forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord. It was such, a, it was such an hour that uh, uh, you was you, afraid that to an extent that God wasn't going to be pleased with you. But as we began to walk with God, we realized that, well, there's other things to do and other things that we need to do and so forth. And our time becomes more limited to that which we really dedicate into the Lord. And so he sold the church here, the very first church, as he began to speak unto them. Amen. He, he told them, he said to the Ephesus church, I, got, I know what your works are. I know what you do, you know. Stay with me just for a few minutes. And then he said, remember from therefore, verse number five, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. You know, we're living in an hour that we feel like that well, repentance is not really a part that that really is. It should be it should be the dailiness, devotion before God to God forgive me, Lord for even the thoughts or the things that have have happened. I, I know we can't help but the birds fly over our head, but we don't need to let them build a nest in our hair either. And He said that first love. I remember when my wife and I first met, and and I mean, I was just like you was. You know, you men, you open the door for your 
your love to get in. After a while, you, she can find the handle for herself. <laughs> I mean, after all, you ain't helpless and you're not lame, so find the handle for yourself. Glory. I mean, we take for granted. Well, it's going to be there. I mean, she's going to be there regardless, you know. And that's the way we feel when we come to church. Well, I don't know. I wonder what the preacher can bring. I wonder how many rabbits he's got he can pull out of his pockets, you know. And what can he do to, to really motivate us, you know, and really get us excited. And, man, here we're in the midst of revival. I wonder if we're going to see the lame walk. And I've seen the lame walk. I wonder if we're going to see the dead raised. I've seen the dead raised. But I wonder what he's going to do tonight. And he said, I know thy works. Now, what I'm trying to bring to you tonight is that if we would come in this building, amen, with the door that God has got open for the real church. Let's go a little farther here. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I want to take some time. Let's go to the second church, the Smyrna church. He said, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, right, told the pastor, the angel's the pastor here. He said, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and thy tribulations and thy poverty, but thou art rich. And I know thy blaspheming of them, which say that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. He's telling them in verse number 9 that we need to expose them and tell them that they need to repent. Glory. Pity the person that is so perfectionist that never has to repent. The Bible said, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. This word meat, M-E-E-T, does not mean E-E-A-T. It means something that can be used for God's purpose. If you look at the beginning of Genesis, you'll find out that Adam, God made Adam a wife, not for M-E-A-T, but for meat, M-E-E-T, something that Adam could be usable, that could be uh, something that would uh, help him, uh, help meat, not an influence of, of changing him in the opposite direction, but someone to be of help. We're all helpers in the house of God. There's no big eyes. There's no little use in the real house of God. There's none. There never will be in the real house of God. The rich man, the poor man, the beggar, or no matter who he may be, all receive the same, same uh, status of, uh, of love to one another. But he said here, he's telling them there, he said, they are the synagogue of Satan. We're, we're actually ashamed to tell some people what they need to do to get God. There was a real distinguished man came to my church several years ago. He worked for Budweiser Beer Company. Been for many years, and uh, he is pretty high, and I think he owned his own place of business there. and Real distinguished, and come in with his beautiful cane and Gold looked like was on it, and and uh, he come two or three times, and how that he really came to my church was this was this story. 
uh, Darla Holloman, who is uh, uh, married a boy in my son's church in Wheelersburg, Ohio. Uh, she worked at a cleaner's. And uh, for after she got out of high school, while well, she was going to college and secretarial school. And uh, this man had walked into the same cleaner's. It just seemed like it just happened by chance. And, and he asked the lady, he said, you know, he said, I need to get in church. I really do like, I need to get in church, a real church. And the woman said, you know, she said, I really don't, I don't know any. I don't know any real churches, actually. She said, but there was a girl that used to work here that's married now and gone. And said, she went to a church up on Peachtree. She said, I think it was Apostolic Tabernacle, if I remember right. She said, she said she was unusual. Said she lived what she believed. And he said, What did you say that name was? And he wrote it down. And he said, I believe I'll take a visit to that church. And so here come this distinguished man in. And he brought his sister, if I remember right, into the church. And that Sunday morning I preached. And after it was all over with, he, I shook his hand and invited him to come back and be with us again. And the next Sunday he came again. And and sat in Sunday school, and then the next Sunday came back again, sat in Sunday school, and and uh, then he gave me a call. He said, Brother Davis, he said, uh, I I really enjoy your church. He said, I really, I really enjoy it. He said, it's different. I, I like what I feel and like what I hear. But he said, uh, you don't want me in my in your church. He said, I've been too rotten through the years, and I work for the Budweiser beer, and and uh, uh, he, I think he had a little shop of his own where he sold whiskey and beer and all the rest of it. And he said, "You don't want me." He said, I, "I, I'm not, I'm not really in the classification that you'd want in your church." And I said, "Well, uh, Mr. Birdwell, I said, why don't you come and and see what God says about that? Don't let it take what I'm going to tell you about it. But let's just see what if God will accept you or not." So he came a few more times, and one Sunday morning I preached, and, and the Holy Ghost began to fall, and, and I watched him as he came down the aisle and fell at the altar, and just a very few minutes he began to talk in tongues and love God, and, and it was beautiful, and had a big old real stylish mustache on him, you know, had trimmed just perfect, you know, and... and uh, I mean, we feel like, well, now, we, if we ever touch him about this now, that'll be the end of that. Guess that's, after all, he's had that now for, well, he told me he had it, I think, 40 years. I think he said he wore that thing. And, and uh, I kept preaching every Sunday morning. And finally, one Sunday morning, he told me, he said, Elder, he said, uh, I need to get baptized in Jesus' name. He said, I realize that I got the Holy Ghost, but he said, uh, I, I, uh, I, I need to get, uh, get baptized. I said, well, let me tell you, Brother Birdwell, I said, if you're going to get baptized, I said, you need to get that mess off your face and look like the rest of us. And he said, you know, that's a strange thing. The Lord's been dealing with me about that. He told me to get it off, too. He walked back in Sunday night, and his face is just as clean as clean could be. And we baptized him that night, and... And so he received, and he just got a beautiful experience. But he had a problem, like everyone's got a problem. Everyone coming to this church has got a problem. 
You're not going to find them pure, clean sinners anymore. Everybody's going to have a hang-up somewhere, a bad hang-up of some kind. And he came for a few weeks, and, and Sister Holloman, she said to him, she said, Brother Birdwell said, why don't you get Brother Davis to pray for you and get rid of them cigarettes you're smoking? He said, I didn't know you knew. She said, oh, come on, man. She said, the whole church knows you're smoking. He said, they do. Well, sure they do. Though. You think we're blind people that don't know and can't, can't smell and can't see the action of what cigarettes does? So he walked up to me and he said, Brother Davis, I got a problem. I said, what's your problem? He said, cigarettes. I said, oh, good. I'm good. I'm glad you come up here. And I prayed for him. I said, God, make him deathly sick. Next time he even smells even the smoke of one of them. I anointed him in the name of the Lord and God touched that man. He began to, he, he just prayed right back through just so beautifully. And he walked away and. And he has sugar diabetes, and and uh, and I saw him in the hospital, and they told him he's going to have to amputate one of his legs b below the knee, and and uh, I said, Brother Birdwell, I said we want to believe God. He said, Let me tell you something, Brother Davis. He said, uh, I have never in all of my life, he said, received what I received at your church. He said, I'm not worried about this leg. He said, if they take it off, he said, let them take it off. And I went back a few months later and to the same hospital and had to take the other one off. And he told me, he said, Brother Davis, he said, there's a lot of people saying, well, they want to see a miracle. He said, but I want to tell you a real miracle. He said, for 16, when I was 16 years of age, and he said, for 50 years, I smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. And when you anointed me with oil in the name of the Lord, he said, out went the cigarettes. He said, I never had a desire for them no more. And God delivered me. He said, I'll show you a miracle. That's a miracle. Legs or no legs, that don't mean anything. But he said, but what God done for me does mean something. I want to tell you what, this is a house of deliverance. This is not a place just of selfish worship. Come to the house of God, see what God will do for you. Hey, there's a city out there dying, going to hell. Glory. Everyone say praise the Lord. Here's the second church. He says, repent. Verse 5, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Somebody say, well, you know, I just don't really. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint a time when the real glory left me. Oh, come off of that. You think that God would put a mind that's so beautifully constructed and not give us the conscience that tells us what's wrong with our walk with God? Or what we need from God to receive what we need to receive from the Lord. He said, remember. That's the second church. Amen. 
And the Bible tells us in the, in the second church, it says, the synagogue of Satan. All right, let's go to the, the third church. And the third one, the church at Pergamos. And the angel of the church to Pergamos wrote, I write, these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. Verse 14, I just want to pick out some highlights. We'll be here all night. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast not, thou hast there that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Verse 16, he said, repent. I wonder, I wonder what God would do here in Olathe if everyone would spend about two hours, oh God, forgive me. Take this old pride of mine and destroy it. God, do something to me. Change me. I want to feel your glory. I want to feel what I used to feel when I came to the altar and received the Holy Ghost. Stay with me for a few minutes. He said, repent. The church to repent. The church of Pergamos. Amen. He tells us in verse number 14 and 16. He speaks of it. The repentance. Amen. The fourth one, Thyatira. In verse number 20. He said, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast suffered that the woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, and has seduced my servants. What is he saying? He's saying that, that the leadership is putting people in classes and things that does not teach the old time gospel of God. Amen. Brother Riggin, God put you here as a watchman. A steward to be able to account to him for that which you do. Glory. I want you to look at this. And he said, and he told them, he said, repent. Glory. Revelation, even the third chapter, it speaks about the church of Sardis. Go home and study them. He said, remember, therefore, how. Thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. Seven churches. Seven churches. Look at, look at me. Seven churches and six of them. He says repent. It is sad that we're living in a generation where a person comes to the house of God and cannot receive what they need to receive from the Lord. Preach with me for a while. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's the hour we're living in. Amen. God has departed from the church because the people come in so haphazardly, come like they want to, either late or early, doesn't matter, and have never prepared their soul to receive what God has got for them. The greatest thing that ever happened to our assembly. And I told them, my son and I, we got together and said, Tuesday night will be prayer meeting. I want two hours of prayer meeting. And I'll tell you that probably 90% of the church comes to prayer meeting and stays there and prays through. Saturday night before Sunday morning, every week, amen, it's an hour. 
And it looks like that's better than 90% of the people have come to the prayer meeting to pray through to get ready for tomorrow morning. And the Holy Ghost has been moving as never before. Amen. Because we made a preparation and a cleansing of the soul to receive what God wants us to receive from Him. <coughs> you know, the old church I come from, there was one man that talked in tongues pretty regular. Everybody thought he was a prophet. One woman shook and shook and shouted once in a while, and everyone thought that she was the greatest saint in all the world, and probably both of them were in that assembly. But I want you to know while the others stood back and said they've got a gift of some kind, Amen. They felt like God didn't give them a gift. There's a reason why. It's because their hands were in the world too much. I want us to look at this here. I want us to look at these churches here. The Fire Tower Church. And then we come to the Philadelphia Church. And this is where I want to deal for a while tonight. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy. And he that is true, who hath the key of David, who hath the key of David, everyone say praise the Lord. Praise Son, I want you to read for me something. Matthew 16. Matthew the 16th chapter, verse number 18. The keys. Glory. Now what God has brought you now, I'm not trying to be prejudiced of any nature of any kind, but there's some preachers that can preach and others that can stand there and talk a while. This man has been preaching since he's about 14 years of age in my pulpit. Hey Amen. I'm telling you, he preached masterpieces when he was 14 years of age. It was a calling of God that was upon him. God handed him a set of keys. God handles the apostolic preacher a set of keys. I've preached so hard in places that people look like they're going to kill me. Amen. I, I tell you what. I don't, I, I'm not afraid of nobody's face. I never was. I want you to read Matthew 16th chapter. And I want, us to, I want us to open our heart here. Matthew 16, 18. I say unto thee. I say unto thee. Thou art Peter. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock. Upon this rock. I will build my church. I'll build my church. And the gates of hell, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, shall not prevail against, against it. it. Hey, I don't care how much, amen, destruction, or let me put it, how much hell you may try to rise or to raise. I want to tell you what, you can't stop the church. There's not one woman, female, one man that can stop God's church. There's not a clique or a group of people that can put a hole on it and stop God's church. I'll tell you what, you try to cut it off and God will cut you off and put you on the outside looking in, wondering what in the world ever happened to me. Oh, you're right, you're right. Read, son. You can be seated. And I will give unto thee. I will give unto thee. The keys. The keys. Of the kingdom of heaven. Of the kingdom of heaven. All right, now I want you to turn to Isaiah 22 and 22. Amen. He said, I will give you the keys. 
If you've got the keys, honey, you can open any door that there is to open. Amen. You can drive whatever you can drive if you've got the key to, to get in the inside of it. I want to tell you what God, amen, as this, a lot of churches have drifted on for years. Amen. But God began to deal with me this afternoon. Amen. He gave this church an open door and an open door to walk outside. Amen. And, and bring the, the every spirit, whatever may be, into the house of God and God worship, cleanse them. Jesus. You can be seated. Read. And the key of the house of David. And the key which he spoke of in the book of Revelation. The key of David. Will I lay upon his shoulders. Will I lay upon his shoulders which he was speaking of the Messiah. So he shall open. She shall open. And none shall shut. And none shall shut. And he Hallelujah. shall shut. Pardon? And he shall shut. And he shall shut. And none shall open. And none shall open. Amen. I want to tell you that he was prophesying. Isaiah was prophesying about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Saying that he was the key of David. He was the worshiper like David. Amen. But all of a sudden, here in Matthew, the 16th chapter, all of a sudden, Jesus looked at Simon Peter and said, Hey, I got a job for you. I've got a job for you beyond all jobs. Uh, amen. He's looking for a preacher that's got a backbone that'll preach. Uh, he's looking for uh, individual, amen, that's got a backbone that says, hey, I'm going to live for God. I'm running into some spirits in here tonight. I'll tell you what, honey, you keep your dollar. I don't need your dollar. I didn't come for your dollar. God's going to have revival if he's got to put you out of here. He's going to have a pure church, a clean church, a holy church, whether you're in it or not. I want you to hold this tape for a minute. Boy, don't with the tape. Hold it where it won't be recorded. Now, I'll let you turn it back on. If you give it to God. He's looking for people that want to give it all to him. You're right. You're right. An open door. You can be seated. Simon, Peter, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys to just walk in. Glory. You know, I've had people say, I've never seen it that way before. When I first went to Balk Springs, unplug it again up here for a few minutes. What do you want? What do you want? What can you believe him for? I mean, you think that God puts us on a, a leash like we do a dog and don't let him just go just certain ways? You know, he's just a little ways now. Just a little way. God wants us every once in a while to walk out on the middle of a limb, way out so the old limb goes just up and down. I went so far out on limbs in my lifetime that I thought, my Lord, what did I say? Am I crazy or something? I was preaching in a place one time. I said, anybody, I don't care who you are, you can have the Holy Ghost. I didn't know I was in chronic secret country. One man walked up there and prayed for 20 years. He wanted, to know, he wanted me to know that he was one of the ones that always wore out every preacher to ever come along. And I let him know I, well, he wasn't going to wear me out. Glory. He got the Holy Ghost. And then they said, there's another man been praying 20 years. He got the Holy Ghost. And a woman had been praying 40 years and she got the Holy Ghost. 
And then they believe that God was there then. What's God going to have to do to wake you up? To stir you? But this is not what I've been taught. Honey, you should have been where I was born and raised. They, I mean, they prayed for 20, 25 years. Everyone was a chronic seeker. My daddy was a chronic seeker. My brother was a chronic seeker. Everybody was a chronic seeker. Everybody in the whole church was a chronic seeker. They just couldn't say hallelujah fast enough. Read some more. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. Whatsoever you make up your mind to bind. Whatsoever that you make up your mind to bind on earth. Shall be what? Bound. Bound in heaven. Well, that's impossible. Listen, I'm giving you what the Lord gave me. I've never preached on this. Bound. That means where two or three agree and, and bind something. I bind the devil in Olathe. <laughs> He Shake my hand. I bind the spirit of unbelief in this church. I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Something. We've rode the old pleasure horse long enough. You say, man, I hadn't got a kind of faith. I drove by the first Baptist church in Olathe, and I said, I thought, said to myself, I didn't tell my wife, I said, well, I'd make a good church for Brother Reagan to have right there. It is the smallest of seeds. When it is planted, it will grow into a tree. And the birds of lodge in the branches thereof. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, 30 years ago. And I said, God... Would you please give me a simple illustration of what we're talking about here, what you're talking about? I said, I went by trees and seen a lot of birds, hundreds of birds in the tree. And I've looked at other trees, there wasn't none in it, maybe two or three. He said, he said the tree is the church. And how many you want in the, in the, in the, in the branches of the tree determines of how many you want. Is 5,000 clear unreasonable? Is your God short? Hey, get all this penny ante stuff. 
We're millionaires. We got a king that owns everything. He owns the cattle. He owns the hill. He owns the gold. He owns the silver. He owns everything. Hey, why believe him for ten when you can believe him for five thousand? Oh, that's out of reason. Oh no, no, it's not. In a million and a half people, that's not even ties on the city. And we're just struggling, just barely getting by. You can be seated. Whatsoever things you bind. Simon Peter, what do you want? What do you expect? What are you willing to trust me for? Brother Regan, what are you willing to trust him for? What kind of a miracles are do you really want from him? What's the price that you'll give for that? Whatsoever you bind. Listen, God sent a preacher here, amen, with the keys to the city. Whether you want to believe it or not. Glory. I can imagine what Simon Peter thought when after he preached Acts 2.38, the message, and he looked out there and he said, Someone said there's 3,000 people out there got the Holy Ghost one time. Ooh, man. That's unheard of. No way that could actually happen. I was preaching in Davao in the Philippines. And there's, a, there's an old boy, there's a preacher, that's uh, quite an unusual preacher. Everybody don't think a whole lot of him. But I thought a whole lot of him. He interpreted that which I preached when I was there in Davao City, the conference I preached there. And some said he's just too elite. But he made up his mind that he was going to evangelize the city of Davao. He went downtown and rented the big auditorium out. I mean, the biggest one that the city had. And it becomes such a popular thing that every Sunday night his service is in that. And he's got a sign on the front door of his church in Davao City saying, Please don't bring no visitors on Sunday morning because we have nowhere to set them. Whoa, what a problem. What a problem. And when he went there, he was running about 25 or 30 people, they tell me, when he went there. But there was a man with a vision. He, he could see the, 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 the un, unbelievable. He could see what no one else could see. He could see the impossible. That's faith. You see a man walk before he walk. You see, you see the, the limbs straighten before they become straightened. Amen. You see a house full of people before the house is full of people. Amen. That's how God works uh, as your faith can have it. And what you believe God for, that's what you'll receive. Glory. I want you to look at some things here. 3,000 people at one time came in. Praise God. Turn to Acts 4 and 8. I want you to look at this. Follow in your Bible. Acts 4 and 8. Turn there if you got one. Three. 
Jesus. Everyone say praise the Lord. Then Peter. Then Peter. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled. I thought he was filled in Acts 2. I thought you got the Holy Ghost 10 years ago, 20 years ago. How's your thermometer tonight? Running on empty? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All of a sudden, when he left Jerusalem, and after he left the house of the Lord, it began to began to dribble down a little ways. And all of a sudden, he realized that, wait a minute, I, uh, I'm not running on full like I need to be running on full. All right. Now, the church is not running on full. If the church was running on full, amen, I'll tell you what, God would slay the sinner. And he would change the, every individual they was if the church was running on full. Read. Read again. Start over again. Then Peter, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled. Huh. Let's just put this way. He was, he tried to say, <laughs> he couldn't, <laughs> it's full, you know. When you're full, you can't say nothing. Yeah. Verbal Bean put it this way. He said, he said, the way to have revival is pray about three hours and then go up there and he said, and just let the Lord do it. Them old revivals, hey man, the preachers in days, Malcolm Seal told me I was in one of them with verbal being and some of them was there. Hey man, and the blind old brother Duke walked up behind the pulpit and he looked out there just as blind as a bat, couldn't see nobody. And he said, there's adultery over here in the fourth or fifth row. Hey man, there's incest in this row over here. Hey man, there's people over here that's unclean and ungodly. Told them what color dress they had on, what kind of pants they had on their feet and the shoes they had on. He identified them and walked away and said, preacher, preach. My Lord, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back and have the old power of the Holy Ghost. God's telling me to tell Aletha, you ain't seen nothing yet. God is trying to turn you. He's trying to turn you over. He's trying to have revival. Feel. 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 That means you can't put no more in there. Oh, Simon Peter, I'm giving you what the Lord gave me. I ain't never preached this before. Sit down, sit down. Feel. You know when you fill a gallon jug at the old water faucet, it goes up and up, goes go, 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 go. It's all over full. You can't get no more in there. I don't care how you try to pack it. I don't care what you try to do. You can't get no more in it. Hey Amen. Old Simon Peter got to the place where it was so full. Hey Amen. It was running over and he tried to put more. <laughs> Couldn't get no more in. Couldn't get no more in it. And then he made his way to the house of God. Read, son. Said unto them. Said unto them. Full. Yeah. Now he's full now. You rulers of the people. You rulers of the people. Elders of Israel. Elders of Israel. If we this day be examined. Go ahead. Of the good deed done to the go, impotent man. Go ahead. By what means he is made whole. What means he made whole. Go ahead. Be it known unto you all. Be it known unto you all. Olathe, be it known unto you all. Amen. It's not we, but it's God. Something that's real. It's the book of Acts reopened. Because people made it for mind to have an apostolic revival according to the book of Acts. Oh 
Read. You can be seated. And to all the people of Israel. And to all the people of Israel. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, it's not us. Right. It's not us. Right. But we got a name that's above all names. That every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he's the mighty God. Amen. That's what this city is looking for. They're not looking for a bunch of phonies. They're not looking for a bunch of reprobates. They're looking for people. Amen. Full of the Holy Ghost. Walking these streets. Amen. The shadow of your spirit. Begin to move. And somebody said, hey, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to Brother Regan, sir. Never heard of him. For come out, you want to yourself to come, and when they walk in the door, they say, What's this? I feel, I feel something, it's real, it's not made up, it's not, it's brought down, it's gone. Honey, you can work up all the songs you want to, but you ain't gonna work up the spirit. You're right, you're right, you're right. But when you walk in this place full. Like an old drunk man. Oh, preach, preach. Man. You can be seated. By his name, go ahead. Whom you crucified. Whom you crucified. Whom God raised from the dead. God raised him from the dead. Even by him. Even by him. Doth this man stand. Does he stand. Here before you hold. Here before you hold. This is the stone. This is the stone. Which was set at naught. Was set at naught. Of you builders. Of you builders. Which has become. Which has become. The head of the corner. Of the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation. Neither is there any salvation. Any hey, other. wait a minute. This world, the nominal world, is going to hell. Amen. They need a one God preacher to preach to them. They need to tell them to come out of the world and be separate. That's not the unclean thing. Amen. Clean up their face. Clean up their life. Clean up their home. Clean it all up and God will come in to live there. Right. Go ahead. For there is none other name. There is none other name. There is none other name. Right. There is none other name. Boy, when old Aunt Susie Bells dies, you want to make exception, don't you? My, my. I was preaching a funeral the other day when I got halfway through an old devil-possessed woman stood up. She, no, she didn't stand up. She said, my daddy's going to heaven. He didn't go to hell. Everyone looked at her. I said, lift your hands. Let's lift our hands worship God. Yeah, we want to live in heaven. And when we die, we want someone to say, what a precious person. What a lovely person. But why don't we live it now and have revival in Olathe? Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to read all the way through verse number 12. Did you read all through 12? For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. All right. At 12. All right. Everyone say praise the Lord. I want you to know that God has got an open door here in Olathe. Yes. He's got an open door. And it would please God more than anything to just be sold out to him with no vacancy at all for the enemy to come in to strive into your soul whatsoever. 
I want to come to a close here. A million and a half people. And as I wondered about the figure, what does God really want this assembly to be? What does he want it to be? Does he want it hid behind a tree somewhere where no one can see? He wants a monument, beautiful and big before God. Hallelujah. Brother Riggins, whatsoever you bind on earth, whatsoever things you loose on earth, he said, I'll grant it unto you and to the church, to the pure church, to the holy church. It's an open door. I want to stress this tonight. What God has given me today in prayer, an open door to an open church. Amen. Brother Regan has been here a year, but it's time to, to loosen. And God has blessed it. And a lot of things have happened since he's been here. But you haven't seen nothing yet of what God really wants to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, let me just put it this way. There was an old dreamer in the days of old by the name of Joseph. He was quite, you know, the people thought, he's crazy. Really crazy. I had a dream many years ago. I didn't, I forgot all about it. And I, it's probably been 10 years ago. And when I was looking through my suitcase yesterday, the day before, I picked up this piece of paper because I wrote a dream down that God gave me. And the dream was this. You buy a large piece of property and you'll cover it with a building. And it'll be small in the front, but very, very large in the back. And I told my wife, I said, that is the prince that I have drawn for the new sanctuary of our church. It covers almost everything that I bought. The parking lot and it, the whole corner, the half a million dollar corner that we bought, it's going to cover it all. And I didn't realize, but 10 years ago, God said, that's what you're going to do. That's the place you're going to have. Joseph had a dream. He told his brothers about it. Just like some of you, 5,000. Brother Davis is, he's getting old and senile now. I mean, really, he's, uh, he gets off course once in a while. Honey, I'm not off course. Joseph's brothers looked at him and said, you mean to tell me that the moon and the sun's going to bow down to you? He said, yes, sir. Ridiculous. 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 The whole, how about the stars? They're going to bow too. <laughs> you ate too much. You got a peanut butter dream. He didn't dream that. And his brothers hated him. Listen to me. His brothers hated him. You know, when we leave here, you say, you really think we can have 5,000? Sure you can have 5,000. Glory. You can support every missionary there is to support. You can have sister churches, 100 sister churches if you wanted to. Glory. Praise God. Let me, let me tell you. 
Let me tell you a story. I'll come back to this. I'm just letting the Lord deal with me. When me and my wife got married, I found a big old picture book of homes. And I found a monstrosity of a home. I mean, beautiful. 82 and a half feet long, 32 feet wide, fireplaces and bathrooms in every corner almost. And it, was, it was beautiful. And I looked at her and I said, honey, I'm going to build it for you. And she said, well, I, I see the picture of it, but I can't visualize what really what it is. So I'm going to build it. I told my brother, I said, I'm going to build this house. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're going to build it. You ain't never built none. You can't build one. Yeah. And if you build it, what are you going to put in it? I told my dad about it, and dad said, That'd be great, son, if you could do it. I said, I'm going to do it. I went out in the country and I bought the most beautiful corner for this house to sit on. About three acres of land. 350-some feet frontage one way and about 300 and some the other way. And I went back about 125 feet and staked it off. And, and uh, before I began to build, I went to the bank and I asked him, I said, I want to build this house. And he asked me where I worked and I told him where I worked and how much money I made and he said, uh, well, Mr. Davis, he said, uh, I, I really hate to tell you what I want to tell you, but uh, you don't make enough money to build that kind of house. He said, good dreaming, though, good thoughts, good thoughts. I said, you mean you ain't going to loan me the money? He said, no, nope, I'm not going to loan you the money. I said, okay. My wife and I both worked, and we saved our money. We didn't stand it around, didn't throw it away for nothing, but we just... Kept st keeping it together. And I hired a man. man told me, said that he would, he'd help me, and we'd build it. And uh, I, uh, I began to build it. Put the foundation in, put the basement in it. And uh, I did the very best. I didn't cheap it up, no way. Put 12-inch blocks in the foundation of it instead of 8-inch. Put the 12-inch, put the center wall through it. Put the fireplace in it and all the stuff that went with it. And I got it under the roof, and I ran out of money. And I went to the bank, the same banker, and, and the banker told me, he said, uh, uh, Mr. Davis said, I've been driving by. I said, I see you building that house. I said, yes, sir. Told you I was going to build it. He said, you know, I've never seen that kind of determination before in all my life. He said, I've never seen anyone just uh, be so desirous to do something and do it. And I said, yes, sir, I want to do it. And, I need to borrow some money. I want to finish it. He said, man, he said, I will. He said, I'll loan you the money. He said, he said I see your effort. He said, uh, so he, we wrote out all the loan applications and everything. And, and, uh, and he come to find out my wife was only not quite 21 years of age. And, and uh, he said, sir, he said, I hate to tell you this. He said, but I can't loan you the money. There's no way I can. Your wife's not of age. And I can't loan it to you. He said, I want to loan it to you. And I'd gladly loan it to you, but I can't do it. And so I told my dad about it. And dad said, well, we'll just hawk the old home place. And you can pay the notes on the home place. And we'll go ahead and finish it. So I went ahead and borrowed the money and finished the house. And after I got it all put together, and this was 19 and, and 58, 50, 58, 59, that area which you could buy a lot of stuff for a little money. And uh, I told my wife, I said, well, I said, 
it's so beautiful. I said, but let's sell it and build something better. And uh, she said, well, whatever you think. And I put a sign on it, and we sold it, and got $28,000 cash money in the shoebox. The old boy had a shoebox full of money. Gave it to the real estate man, and they gave me the check. And I went out and looked for a better place and got on the highway, four-lane highway, and built a big mansion back upon it. And after I built it and, and I had a lot of equity in it and built the house and and uh, finally, we, we left that part of the country and went to Mississippi, and I paid the man off what I'd owed him on the house. And he said, Chenoweth uh, uh, was his name, and he said, Mr. Davis, I want to tell you something. He said, I have never <clears throat> seen a man with a determination to do something, what you've done. He said, if you ever, ever need any kind of recommending of a loan or someone to advise you, so he said, please call me. I'll help you. He said, please let me be a part of that. And I said, yes, sir, okay, but I never did. Uh, all my life, I didn't do that. And when I got the Holy Ghost, the Lord spoke to me these words. If I will have the determination that you had when you worked for Caesar and when you worked for the world, if you'll have that determination, I will open. Amen. Listen to me. I want to tell you what church he wants, the impossible to be happening here in, in, in Olathe. He wants the lame to walk. He wants the blind to see. He wants the wheelchair, amen, to be unlifted un out and hung on the wall somewhere. He don't want this pacifier stuff. One and one here, one here, there, one, one. All the time sucking on a pacifier. Grow up, church. Uh, let's have revival. Whatever you can believe him for. My God. He said, you can be seen. The door's open. Walk in. Look around. Boy. Brother Regan, after this night, he's shoko moriataya. God's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna visit you like he's never visited you before. And when he visits you, just walk on in. He gives you the invitation. Come on in. Come on in. Look around. Don't stand on the outside. Come on in. One night, I was, I was caught away. And I was kneeling before the Lord. And it was a big throne that was there. And I was kneeling before him. And I, was, I was crying. I said, oh, God. I said, I'm unworthy to be here. I'm unworthy to be here. I don't know what I'm doing here, God. I'm unworthy. And God spoke to me. He said, you didn't ask to come. I asked you to come. God's asking this church through the leadership. Walk through the door, son. Whatever you can believe me for, I'll give it to you. Whatever you can trust me for. I'll give it to you. He's looking for people to. Well, Simon Peter said, he's afraid. Spirit got out there. Someone said, it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit. Someone said, it's the Lord. Oh, Simon Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me come. He looked at water. He knew there wasn't no rocks on that water. It was deep where he's at. Now, now let me just put you. The church is right now standing at the boat. Are you going to get out and walk in it? Or are you going to stand back there and say, I don't know. I know it's him, but 
Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost. My Lord, if you could feel what I'm feeling. God said, come on. Come on, church. Time to walk on the water. It's time to bleed you for the impossible. I've opened the door for you. All he wants is a bunch of people to repent. Open the door. Walk in. Look around. Hmm. When God called me to preach this glorious gospel, I said, oh, God, are you talking to somebody else? He ain't talking to me. Lord, I don't have no kinfolk. I don't have nobody to help me. I don't know nobody. I don't even know a preacher. I don't know nobody. I'm just my pastor. I don't know nobody. I said, God, oh, God, I need you. And his voice said, I'll give you what you need. You hadn't got no sermons? I'll give you plenty of them. You hadn't got no footing to get out of the water? I'll put something there. Just walk. The impossible. I've seen the blinded eyes. You see. Malcolm Seal's got a little baby girl. Well, she's 18 years old now. I went to the hospital to pray for her. They're going to give her up to die. She had... Every ailment that was wrong with her was wrong with her because after birth. I went up there and I said, in the name of Jesus, heal this child. Top of his head to the sole of his feet. And two weeks later, three weeks later, she brought the child to the church and gave it to her grandmother who was in my church at the time. And I said, give it to somebody that can raise it. I called Malcolm Seal. I said, you told me you wanted a little girl. He said, yes, I do. He said, but I want a blonde-haired girl. Blue-eyed. I'm particular, Brother Davis. I want a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. He said, could you tell me what her hair color is? I said, I really don't know. What's her eyes like? I said, I don't know. I said, all I can tell you is come up and see for yourself. He come up and he picked that little girl up. He looked at his wife and he said, just exactly what we ordered. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. Just exactly what I asked him for. All these years, God has given. God didn't send your pastor up here for a handful of people. But tonight, let me tell you, as I stand here in the Holy Ghost, God spoke to me this afternoon. I have placed before him an open door. Shall we stand? The God of the impossible. My brother, when you go back to your church, don't look at it as half empty but half full. 
And you open your eyes again and see it fully filled with people. Because God's looking in this hour for someone that will believe him and walk with him and love him. Shall we lift our hands and love the Lord? I love you, Jesus. 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 Well, Simon Peter was in a prison house. And he's praying for release of old Simon Peter. The Bible tells us in the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. He was... Is praying away. Like some of you said, Revival! Revival! Oh, we want revival! And the Lord said, I stand at the door and knock. Let me in. Would you let me in? Doors open. Walk through. Simon Peter stands at the door. Let me in! We're praying! I'm here! I'm, I'm Simon Peter! Rhonda said, Mama, it's, it's Simon Peter. Oh, you're crazy, woman. No, no. Go back to praying. We've prayed for years and years and years. God's looking for you to open your eyes and see the multitudes. Oh, multitudes. Can I say it this way, Brother Regan? When they start coming in like this, if you can get this church together, would you give me a chance to lay hands on a thousand of them? Oh, Let's love him, let's love him. Quit knock and start repenting. Oh God, wash me. Cleanse me, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Greatest thing ever happened in my life is when I met my wife. I still tell her every once in a while, I love you. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for calling me. Thank you for saving me. Let me open the door. You open the door. Let me walk in. He says, come on. Walk in. Walk in my garden. Walk in my garden. Oh, Brother Regan, God said, come, son, walk on in my garden. Walk in my garden. Get your eyes off of the impossible. The things that seem impossible, get your eyes off of them. Get your eyes on me. And walk on the impossible, like Simon Peter did the water. I can see when he first stepped out in the water, and he went, yeah. And he looked at the Lord and he kept his eyes on him. 
And as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord, he's walking on the water. He was walking to Simon, to the Lord. Simon Peter was walking to the Lord. But all of a sudden, he decided to get his eyes off of the Lord, and down he went. I want to tell you what, church. Listen to this old preacher. Put your eyes on the Lord. Get off of negativism. Anyone says anything negative, said, go pray through, man. I don't want to listen to you. God has opened a door for us to walk in, to walk through. Brother Reagan, you can have what you want. You can eat hamburgers or you can eat steaks. It's whatever you want to eat. You can preach to a handful or preach to thousands. It's whatever you can trust him for. Walk in. Walk in. To the Philadelphia church, he said, I've opened the door. All he's asking this church to do is just fully repent. Walk through the door. The Philadelphia church. Not the Laodicean church. Not the Pergamos church. Not the Sardis church. But the Philadelphia church. To walk through. Come home. Come home. Oh, ye that are weary, come home. I'm giving you what the Lord gave me tonight to preach to this assembly. I'm not trying to elaborate on anything. I just know a God that's a big God that will do what you can trust Him for and believe Him for. To the church of Olathe, I've opened the door for you to walk in and walk in my garden. Oh, let's close our eyes and let's just visualize it right now. We're going to walk in your garden, Lord. You need a healing, it's there. The vine's there. You need a miracle, it's there. Just grab a hold of it and accept it and take it. You need a change of mind, it's there. God's got to write everything. He's got to just walk through the door. Just walk through the door. Come home. He'll do anything you can trust him for, what you can believe him for. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love us. Lift our hands and love the Lord. Let's love him, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray, everyone. Let's find a place to pray. We who are weary, 